Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Thursday, December 7th, 2023, and this is episode 584 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Planning Our RV Trips, and I'll be chatting about our process that we go through when uh, we're deciding to go on even a short trip or a long extended trip. Um, to a new location where we're going to sit down, uh, let's say from Tennessee to Texas and then for the winter and then back. Uh, how we plan that out, kind of our thought process, the the steps we go through to make sure everything is right for us. And uh, just, yeah, just that general, uh, just that general flow for us. But first, let's grab a cup of coffee, see who's hanging out in the live chat, talk about a few things, and we'll get to that topic later. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Saw you in early. Pip, good morning. How are you doing? Hope everything's going well. Uh, I will hit this question about uh, low bridges uh, in a minute here. And MSU Rifle, how are we doing? Hope everything is going well. Oh, what is in the cup today? Um, probably finishing off this light Ethiopian uh, today. It's uh, I think I got about a half a half a French press left in there that I will probably make up when we get back from dog walks this morning, since it is a little chilly out there today. Corey said it was about 30, 30 degrees when uh, when she was taking the dogs out. So, yeah, probably going to need a little bit of warm up after we take the dogs for our walk, get back, make a half a pot or a whole one with a, a blend of whatever I open up next. Yeah, and uh, and hang out. Jim says it's forty two down in Florida. That's kind of chilly. Are uh, are you gonna make it? Did you have to fire up the the wood stove and put on the the bib overalls? It's not bad. It's not bad here. Uh, we ran the stove last night. We've been running it uh, the last few nights overnight. Um, not necessarily full blast. We choke it down quite a bit and. Uh, the issue with that that um, wood stove is that it is super small. Um, that's the benefit and the the curse about it. It's it's a total of uh, I think it's like thirteen by thirteen by thirteen um, box for the the firebox, uh, and then we can the door is like nine inches, so we can get about a nine inch piece of uh, piece of timber in there. And it um, it doesn't you can't stack a whole lot in it. So when you have it hot, when you want it really cooking, uh, open full throttle, it it burns out rather quickly. And then to run it all night, you're one of us is either getting up and filling it, or it dies out, and then it gets kind of chilly in here. But we've been managing. We've been managing. Last night, I think we each hit it once. Um, and that usually is how it works. We both uh, we're both getting older and uh, have to get up and use the restroom in the middle of the night. It's uh, it's a rare occasion that either of us make it through the whole night without uh, without having to get up and uh, and use the restroom. It's just an easy time to uh, to fill it full of wood and uh, let it uh, let it simmer a little sim simmer a little bit. Jim says he's still barefoot though. Oh, in his snowsuit and uh, and and knit beanie and. Uh, and barefoot. I'm actually barefoot too. I, I prefer it. Yesterday I put shoes on to take the dogs for a walk in the morning and then never took them off. And last night when I took them off, it was absolutely, um, yeah, I just, it's rough. It's rough. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, um, give or take here with the barefoot. Um, I really miss Texas, uh, where we stayed last year where we had the the sand trails to walk on and then um, could walk barefoot all winter. I, I rarely, rarely put shoes on. But walking here, it's um, it's tough because we walk the dogs on the road. They're even in our sight, even where we're staying, there's there's broken glass and things in the grass. So um, anytime you, you venture out, 
more than just on our little carpet or in the immediate area that I've, I've really gone over um, detailed, uh, went through the, the grass and the, the area around our, um, our camper uh, just so we could spend some time barefoot outside grounding in the grass and things like that. Once you get outside that, there's broken glass, bottle glass, things like that. Walking on the road, um, because the transfer station is on this road, people are hauling things up the road all the time on trailers. They don't secure them very well. They fall off. Um, we have, uh, we've been walking past broken taillights and broken glass for the whole time we were here. And then yesterday or the day before, I see that somebody lost like uh, maybe a toilet tank lid. Um toilet sink something like that to where the porcelain just shattered and is everywhere and if you've ever cut yourself on broken porcelain that's no fun either so it's rough it's rough i uh i definitely need to keep that in mind when we uh when we start looking for places for ourselves and um and what we can do to make sure that we can spend that time without shoes on, without, uh, um, and be outside while we do it, not just inside. But uh, yeah, I miss it. I miss it for sure. Uh, dog walks uh, barefoot in 40 degree weather in the, in the nice sand was, uh, it was chilly, but it was very invigorating too. Good morning, Blakesley Acres. Thanks for stopping in. And Clark, thank you for, uh, for swinging in. Glad that time change happen so you can uh, you can start joining the show again uh i almost put this live up on tiktok this morning uh been been bouncing that around since i got the ability to go live randomly the other day um or last week i think or maybe the week before i don't know it's just a random message so i wasn't prepared to to take advantage of it but um mulling around different ways to utilize that uh, I might just throw it up on the side of uh, the computer here in the morning. I was talking to uh, Kyle and he may go over and moderate comments because I'm not going to be able to juggle um, interacting with the people on TikTok. I think it's TikTok. I think it's just going to be a straight um, view only. And then uh, Kyle might might help out in the comments and let people know when they show up that it's it's just a live recording of podcast at that point. But then also batting around ideas for doing um, lives at other times on there because it seems like a pretty lucrative uh, platform to to explore now that th that functionality is there. I just couldn't get any um, I couldn't get any traction in the run up to a thousand followers, which which is what what used to be the threshold for for being able to go live on there. And it wasn't necessarily anything that I think that I was doing. Um, I've talked to plenty of people that that really kind of ramped up into that seven to eight hundred range and then just stalled out um, with followers. And then others kind of break through that barrier. And like Kyle's doing very well over there. Um, you really have to dedicate yourself only to that platform. And it was... Um, it was kind of a roll of the dice, what I wanted to focus on, and I didn't do that. Now that I have uh, have randomly gotten that ability to go live, I might uh, I might see what happens because live on there is definitely a uh, a different a different type of video. Um, I wasn't I wasn't particularly in love with the videos that uh that i was going to have to make to gain traction there as far as followers to get that live status but as i've kind of watched the video the live videos that are over there uh it's a totally different thing so i don't know we'll see we'll see definitely gotta mess around with it i have to go do laundry today i might uh, i might mess around with it a little bit while i'm sitting doing laundry uh with a couple of half hour um with a couple of half hour um breaks they're not breaks or uh, time frames i have to sit there and wait for the washer or the dryer so we'll see we'll see i don't know if i want to be randomly just talking to myself in the laundromat so if the weather isn't nice enough to sit outside i might not be able to do that i look like a crazy person just sitting there which i mean i guess i would fit in with some of the people that i run into at the laundromat 
morning hunter uh forgot to hit uh forgot to hit enter oh that's uh that's um always nice that's always nice i i have um i have a login i can't remember exactly what it is and it's probably a reason i i it always throws me for a loop is i can't remember which site it is but there's one of the sites that uh i don't know if it's an affiliate site or or um I don't remember what it is, but it's always kind of open in my browser, so I never have to log in. But when it logs itself out, I um, I would um, <laughs> when it logs itself out, and I go to log in. It's one of those ones that has two-factor authentication, and it's like we'll email you a code to your to your email address. And so I use I use a uh, I use an email address from from my server for my hosting. And it takes a little longer to get to your phone. It's not like Gmail that it instantly shows up when when they send a verification email, which can get really tricky when it's timed. Like on uh, a lot of the crypto exchanges, it used to be timed. You get 60 seconds to enter the code. Well, I have to sit and constantly refresh my email because it's got to bounce to their server and then bounce to my my uh, my phone. And so I sit there and I'll I'll start refreshing, 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 and it won't it won't show up. And after a little while, and I, I'm like, oh, I'll have to go resend this code. It's going to time out. It's not going to work. And I pull up the page that I'm trying to log into, and it the button says send code. So every time I frustrate myself because I don't realize that I actually have to hit the button to send the code. It's not like when you hit log in, it just makes it so it sends the code. I don't know why I have to go through the next step of sending the code and then entering the code, but usually hit it and within 20 seconds it's there. But stress out and freak out and uh, make sure I'm checking the right email address the whole time and it, it's never going to show up. It's never going to show up. The guys just never showed up. No, the girls never showed up. Sorry. Morning, Gingerbread. How we doing? And uh, Clark says, yeah, I was going to say you'd fit fit in talking to yourself with the laundry mat. I don't know. I don't know. My laundry, the laundry mat I, I found is, is really nice. <laughs> I think it helps that there's an employee there all the time. Uh, there is, uh, they have full service laundry also, but there's an employee there all the time. It's uh, newer, it's nice and clean. And I don't know if it might be a little bit more expensive. I haven't gone to the other ones, but, uh, I don't know. The the people are always nice there. I haven't run into too many super crazy people. Um, some smelly people, but I mean, they're at the laundromat. They're trying to get clean. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, got pizza last night. Got pizza last night. That was fantastic. That is that is kind of our cheat uh, our cheat meal this week as we're trying to do better with our nutrition and our eating. Uh, and focus on that and focus on some health things. Uh, going to weigh in Sunday, I think we decided. We're going to do once once a week. We were going back and forth with how much we wanted to, um, <laughs> how much how much we uh, wanted to get on the scale. And Corey and I have been through many, many diets and weight loss and things like that and lots of weighing ourselves and tracking and i think we've we've settled on once a week we've done it day to day we've done it three times a week we've done it once a week i think we did it once a month actually at one point we were uh, doing some 30-day thing and um, didn't want to see any results on the scale until the end i don't know i don't know once a week seems pretty pretty good you uh you do get daily fluctuations just by uh, all sorts of different things uh, so once a week seems like a pretty decent metric if we use the same time, the same time of day every week on the the same day. I don't know. Well, I think Sunday mornings is uh, I think Sunday morning is when we when we did it last week. And yeah, excited to see this Sunday morning. <laughs> it's been a good week. It's been a good week so far. We've done we've done well. Uh, we've kind of gotten rid of all the the lingering things around the around the camper that uh, we were snacking on and on uh, unhealthy things, and we're coming up with some better things to eat during the week. So we will see. We will see what happens. Um, 
I got a couple more things on the list here for coffee chat, and then we'll get into um, get into um, trip planning. Trip planning. That's what we're talking about today. But uh, man, I got another YouTube super thanks. So this is super interesting. Um, it's a pattern I'm noticing. I'm getting these super thanks and they're always in different currencies. So the, the home currency, they show them to me in the home currency of the person that gave the super thanks, which confuses me. And I'm not sure why they put it out on my end that way. Like in my notifications, I could see in the comments, like where it's listed under the video if they put the currency that they paid it in, um, that just is, is, it is what it is. But when I get my notifications and I get my, um, my little summary thing, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure why it shows me it in their currency. It is what it is. I do a quick Google search. I figure out what um, I figure out what it is and how much it is, and I, I'm just happy for any any support there, which is cool. Um, this morning, I or this morning, I woke up to like two dollars and a quarter uh, from the earbud video I did, which is the the one video that I consistently get. I shouldn't say consistently. I guess consistently could be once a year, right? Uh, if it's every year, <laughs> but. Uh, um, pretty pretty decent amount of uh super thanks over there anywhere from a buck to two a buck to five bucks us uh but this one was 50 check uh check what are they croke uh hold on i have it up still here uh karuna karuna k-o-r-u-n-a is the is the currency in the czech republic and that's where the gentleman was from that dropped me the thing well, I get it, and I was sitting here this morning after I after I figured out how much it was, and I I realized that um, non U.S. people tip a lot more than U.S. people. I uh, I looked back through my super chats, and I think two have come in. Um, two out of you know dozen or more have come in have been U.S. U.S. dollars. And I don't know if that's because more people out of the country use the earbuds um, or if it's um, just a cultural thing. I'm not sure. Not sure. Not sure at all. James says, yeah, I'm only 159,000 today. 159,000 miles. I'm not sure what 159,000 is. <laughs> and he also said, bring the dog and pretend you're talking to him. Uh, there is no chance in hell that I'm going to bring the thing that makes my clothes more dirty than anything else in my life to do laundry. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. <laughs> Between the dog hair. Oh, 159,000 pounds. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Driving the gravel, gravel train. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, um. All right. Well, the only thing else I had on my coffee chat list was uh, laundry and groceries today, which is is pretty boring. I'm gonna do the same thing every every time I go down there. Hopefully, it's boring. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not complaining about it being boring. It is really, actually, when nothing goes sideways, it's it's pretty nice. If I actually the ideal days, if I got enough quarters sitting in my quarter bag in there that I don't have to go to the bank, I don't have to get extra quarters, I don't have to make laundry detergent, and um, everything goes smooth. No crazies at the laundromat, no broken washers or dryers. That is that is my goal for the day. And then uh, well, since I found Kroger, I guess for grocery shopping, grocery shopping's <laughs> actually been pretty pleasant. Um, I really didn't like going to Walmart. I had to try to uh, make make not make fun of it, make it enjoyable by observing the the clientele and seeing what kind of goofy I see while I was there. Um, going to Kroger is actually very pleasant, and the employees are super nice. the The people that I've run into as far as customers have always been pretty nice, uh, and just night and day to Walmart. So I don't know. Groceries are all right. Groceries are all right anymore. So. Anyway, that is that is my coffee talk with Jim says Kroger delivers. Probably not to me. 
I could always do the the pickup thing, the pre pickup, and have them uh, have them bag it or like uh, what is it uh, curbside pickup where you order. I have the app. I could literally order my last grocery receipt in the app. Uh, but I like to pick out my food. I like to pick out my food. Jim says, maybe if I was nicer, we're like 20, 30 miles. No, not 30 minutes. <laughs> we're only like 12 miles, maybe, uh, 15 miles from Kroger, but I don't know if they deliver, if we're in their deliver air delivery area, we're actually pretty, um, not in their, uh, I doubt we're in their delivery area <laughs> and I, the curbs I pick up, I just, I don't, um, I like to pick out my own food. <laughs> I, I feel that I'm more observant, uh, when picking out my own food, especially if I'm buying some sort of meat eggs or something that, uh, that there are multiple choices that there could be bad product or product. I just don't feel good about, uh, vegetables. I'd like to pick out my own, uh, own vegetables and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I can I can spend the the twenty minutes to a half an hour it takes me to walk around um, Kroger and get it done. Since it's uh it's easy, it's easy, nice and nice and um, Kroger uses Instacart. Oh, okay. I don't use that. <laughs> I don't use that at all. I don't know. I haven't ever used Instacart. Uh, we used to do delivery groceries when we were back in the back in the twin cities in the suburbs actually we weren't really in the suburbs we were in the in the city <laughs> we used to do uh coburn's i think that was super regional wasn't it uh coburn's was a grocery store and it was like that the i guess it would have been about a kroger level um it's a little you have your 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 lower i don't want to say lower end chain but um it seems like the more this is a lower end chain. I, I don't know any other way to put it where you walk in and, and the, the food is cheaper. The food is lesser quality. Um, not quite Aldi, not like a discount. Um, not the level. There's a level above that. They're kind of like usually the older chain stores that have kind of been run down and the, and then Walmart. And then um, I guess here it would be Kroger. There it was Coburn's, and then we had high-end grocery stores. Like you walked in, and everything was carpeted. Um, I think what was that? Byerleys, Byer Lunds, and Byerleys in uh, Minnesota, where yeah, the grocery store was carpeted, and um, you had very soft classical music playing everywhere, and there was uh, all all sorts of different things you had never heard of. So, Spartan stores, never heard of Spartan stores. That uh, I am imagining is a Michigan thing since that's uh, Michigan Spartans. But anyway, was that Michigan State? Michigan State Spartans? I don't want to get any Michigan fans upset. All right, let's get on to trip planning. Uh, I wanted to bring that up today. <coughs> it is kind of a process that we go through that we have um, we've kind of developed all the way back from the beginning when we planned our trip to our first trip out to uh, Squatch Fest, and then our also our other pre-launch trip down to Tennessee and back, um, and kind of really got practice with it for those two trips. Uh, and then as we as we move through there, we've made some adjustments. Now we kind of have it really down where we know what we need to go through if we're going to move the rig, if we're going to move our rig, we, we kind of have gotten into the pattern where we've, we've gone to places, sat down, um, sat down for a little while, uh, last winter in Texas, uh, for the last, uh, for the spring and early summer, we were in Tennessee. Then we went and took a trip. We came back and we're sitting in Tennessee for the winter, uh, kind of evaluating climate and weather and, uh, just the local area. But when we move, we do it with intention. We, we don't just travel around aimlessly. And we could if we wanted, but um, we find it more valuable to, 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 to pick someplace to go there, whether it's directly there or a longer road trip. We kind of follow the same process. So I'm going to take you through it um, probably for, you know, like, as a reference, this is probably when we 
did our South Dakota trip is kind of what I what I was going through in my in my mind when I was thinking about the process, walking myself through it, taking notes. Um, so this has been refined for over two or three trips. Uh, I'll mention the things that uh, were unique to like the Squatch Vest trip because we went through a lot of um, BLM, Bureau of Land Management land and free campsites and things on that trip uh, that were unique to that trip since the rest of our, our travels have been in the east where there isn't a lot of that available. So I will uh, I'll make note when I get to things that that were kind of specific to the West, but um, pretty much, pretty much, we always have a destination. We have a goal that uh, that we're trying to accomplish. Hold on one second, guys. I'll be right back. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so we usually we start out with that goal, that end goal. So for this trip, it was uh, getting to South Dakota. We needed to get up there. We wanted to get our residency changed over. We need to get our vehicle information done. Um, so we took that into consideration. We we found out where we had to be to do that, uh, whether we had to whether we had to stay in a specific place, it could be anywhere in South Dakota. Uh, for our particular needs, we needed to stay in South Dakota. We needed to also be close enough to the county that our mailbox was in. Um, <laughs> Chips is the fastest, fastest pee break in podcasting. No, I just, uh, I was about ready to sneeze and I thought I should take care of that before I uh, before that happened on the mic and camera because it would have been interesting for sure. Uh, but for this particular trip, we had to figure out where we had to stay. We had to stay in the county or near enough to the county that we had our mailbox and our address in to register the vehicle in the trailer. We could have done it remotely. Uh, we could have done it through our mailbox service. I wasn't comfortable, comfortable mailing our signed titles through the mail um through the post office to get that done and the process could have taken too long to have it done by the time our stuff expired and uh, we wouldn't have been able to move out of our that field in texas if we didn't have it done in time so um we went through the process of figuring out where we needed to go uh, we had a general location and i put it on the map i put it on the map on on google uh, the majority of this pre-planning that I'm going to talk about is I do that. It's kind of my responsibility. And then after I get a, a rough guess of what we're doing, then Corey, we sit down and we go over the whole trip. We make decisions. We pick uh, we pick the final places and things like that. But we we know the general area we're going to go to. So this one was South Dakota. We then start... Um, we start thinking about um, we start thinking about what season we're going. Um, what what's the weather going to be like? What's the the driving conditions to be like? And the reason we started taking this step in the process way early uh, was we found out we got caught by surprise on that first trip. We would have never thought about it. We never considered it. But we were very borderline on the deadline to put tire chains on a rig like ours to get over the Rockies on our way back. We were like, what, two days? We were, we were two days uh, under a week for sure from the date that chains were going to be required. We didn't have chains. We had never put chains on the vehicle. I had luckily done it uh, at work. If it need be, I knew how to put tire chains on um a vehicle but we didn't have them we didn't know where to get them uh we were just driving and we we're like oh wow what's the date <laughs> got lucky got lucky so with that burned into our head we really start evaluating what the weather is going to be different places in the country are going to require different things and the, the weather is going to be different than you're used to uh wherever you're at obviously going up into the rockies it was way earlier than even minnesota 
to where you were going to need supplemental help on your tires. So we started looking at that. We started looking at um, like this summer. We knew that South Dakota is warm in the summer, but it's not like Texas hot in the summer. We would have preferred, we were going to prefer hookups. We were going to prefer to be able to plug in, not worry about the generator, um, be able to run the air conditioner. But we knew that if we needed to run the generator, we could. So when we start looking at the weather, we start looking at what kind of amenities we gonna, we're going to need at the places we stop. Um, obviously, if we're traveling to Arizona in the middle of the summer, we're not going to run the generator. We're going to find some place that has consistent power that we're going to be able to plug in, have the air conditioner running, be, um, be able to do that. Uh, if need be, we have the ability to not do that, but we like to kind of have a, a picture of what we're aiming for, uh, what the ideal, um, what the ideal setup would be, whether it's boondocking or traveling or uh, uh, full hookup sites. Excuse me. Um, and then you know we also kind of come to the, the the decision if is this where we want to go at this time, uh, being mobile we can decide to go where we want, when we want, within certain limitations. Um, if we're sitting here and we need to go do something in Texas, maybe we put it off until fall. Maybe we put it off until winter. So we really evaluate that. And then we get, uh, so we have two points. We know where we are. We know where we're going. We get a, a total mileage on that we figure out what the the different routes we could take if it's a shorter trip maybe we go out of the way to to hit something that we want to see along the way if it's a longer trip and we're on a time restriction maybe we have to do a direct there and back um we looked at our south dakota trip this summer and we went well let's let's be gone for a month corey looked at her pto from work um, we looked at travel schedules and, and driving distance for the days where we wanted to go, um, and decided let's, let's go for a month. We'll travel a lot. We'll sit down for long periods. Um, but that was the kind of, the the goal in the beginning when, as we started looking at it, we we evaluated where we were going close to. We always look um, to see if there's people near where we're going that we know that we would like to see that we haven't seen in a while. Um, sites that we'd like to see, different landmarks, monuments, parks, or whatnot. Um, and for this trip, we realized that Corey's parents were close enough. We were going to South Dakota. They were in um, they were in Minnesota. We, we kind of took that into consideration where we were going to stay. Um, if there was someplace close to close to them that they could come and stay with us. And so we put that into the, the, the thoughts. Uh, we sent them a message off. They were interested in doing that. When they decided they were, it was something that we really considered on those spots that we were going to stop. So um, outside uh, influences there. Not necessarily outside, but uh, but things to consider when we're looking at where we're going to stop, how long we're going to stop, and the amenities that are going to be there. Because at that point, it turned out that her parents were very comfortable boondocking with us when we when they continued on our trip with us. But initially, we really wanted to stay at some place that had full hookups because that's what they were used to. They have a camper. They like to stay in the campgrounds. Uh, did at that point, they were very uh, they were very excited about being able to boondock with us. But um, they had been staying at campgrounds with full hookups up until that point. So we wanted to make that comfortable for them. So that's what we targeted for the the initial stay with them. We said, hey, do you want to come out and stay a week with us or a few days? I think it was half a week that we ended up staying there. Um, and then we're going to be moving to the other side of South Dakota. You're more than welcome to come. But that is going to be boondocking. We gave them the option. Um, so at this point, we we have our starting spot and our ending spot at this end. And Corey has been helping, giving input, um, thinking about things with me up to this point. And then it's my my uh, my my game to play at that point. 
so with the the starting point and the ending point on google maps i start looking at routes like i said earlier we kind of have a timeline which gives me an idea whether we are are like driving on the weekends and stopping for a week whether we're traveling back to back days and then sitting down for a few days um i really break that that travel schedule down into blocks when we made our way from tennessee to texas to spend the winter last winter um we really spread out our travel where we traveled one day stayed a week traveled a day stayed a week the trip to south dakota and back we we did more of uh travel 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 sit down for a little while and then travel for a bunch of time sat down for a little while we also have to can take into consideration work um corey has some days that she needs to work that there needs to be coverage she's very flexible in in her job but there's sometimes that she needs to be there so we need to understand that we we might have to sit down for a few days um on our last trip it, it came up during the trip that i had a podcast that i was going to be on so I needed to make sure we were sitting on that day and not traveling. Uh, we have to kind of guess if we have internet, um, we will start contacting people in the area or the camp hosts that we're looking at to see if they have Starlink, if Starlink is available. Uh, I start poking around about these things and getting them all uh, on a list. And then I start planning the route. And basically how that goes is I go on Google. We we have really come to the conclusion that we want to drive 150 to 250 miles max. So 250 miles is, is kind of a heavy day at this point. Um, we were willing to mess around with longer. But right at this moment, unless it's absolutely necessary, max limit 250, we target that 200 to 150 to 200 mile range. I look at our map. I look at the route that uh, that looks best to me that's on the map. You know, the longer the route gets, the more uh, variation you can get. Like when you map it out on a Google Maps, like the the fastest way or the, the, the most uh, fuel efficient way, things like that. Uh, it brings out all those routes. I'm never necessarily going to take one of those when they pop up but i will then pick a town i'm getting very good at using the scale on the side of the google maps as you zoom in and zoom out and picking that you know 200 mile uh distance and i'll pick a random town i will google the directions to it see what it is uh if it's in the the vicinity i will then go over to my camping apps i'll go over to hip camp i will go to the dirt I will go to, um, well, when you're on Google Maps, you can really tell if there's, um, you can tell if there are um, like state parks or BLM land, state forest, things where we could stay for free uh, if they have dispersed camping. So I take note of those. I go to the camping um, websites. I put in whatever town I determined was the right distance away and I start searching. Sometimes there's a hundred. Uh, campsites that pop up sometimes there's like two if there's two it makes it easy but difficult because <laughs> if there's only two um i gotta kind of determine if they're right for us uh i start looking at listings i pick one or two in a general area i put them on a list i put them in a spreadsheet i move on to the next i do the same thing i kind of calculate about 200 miles from that general area and make my way all the way to where we want to end up where we want to end up is the most important part and then i i look for a site in that general area uh with those long-term amenities that we need if we're staying for a long time like we did in texas for four months or like we are sitting here um really determining that end place uh sets the sets the trip so we will I will find those the, the end point. We know where we are. We know where we're going um, and then make a list of two to three sites along the way at every stop that we were going to make. I put that timeline in. Uh, I put that timeline along next to it. I make sure that sites at these campgrounds are available, uh, whether it's hip camp or a, a regular campground or whatever. Uh, I search the dates that we would be there because I have that timeline next to my next to my potential lists 
I really drill down into making sure each spot's available. If I have uh, multiple sites available for each stop, uh, that's fantastic. That makes that makes life a lot easier. And so I get this whole trip planned out, kind of, kind of, uh, um, temporarily. At that point, I I bring Corey into the mix. I I we sit down for an evening. And we really go through the trip step by step. We we look at a calendar. We make sure all the dates that we had coordinated as far as work dates or appointments that I have or she has anything that needs to be taken care of, uh, whether we need to be someplace by a certain date or back to do some work. Um, we make sure all that lines up and then we start going site by site. And I say, OK, this site here it is we pull it up we look at pictures we look at reviews we really dig in to make sure it's someplace that we want to stay and then i say okay this one is 171 miles it's going to take x amount of time to drive um i'll get to that question in just a second jim uh when we'll make sure it's everything we want and um and then we'll kind of we'll highlight uh, our options. Like this is number one option. This is number two. If this one, if we don't, if we stay at this one, that's only 170 miles away. Maybe this whole bunch at the next cluster are too far now. Maybe uh, because of limited limited site availability, we need to go a little farther and stay at a site that isn't quite the the one we wanted to stay at most just to make that next travel a little more ideal. Uh, we kind of start planning through that. With a longer trip, the longer the trip, the longer the mileage, the more variation there is, um, the more puzzle playing that we have to do to make sure it, um, it lines up. So we kind of go through that for the whole, the whole trip uh, from, start to, from start to finish um, and get, our optimal spots we're going to stay, uh, secondary choices that we might stay, uh, and then have that list in that spreadsheet, like I said. So we go over that. Corey and I go over it. We look at all the options. Um, then <laughs> then we we go in and book sites. And I'll tell, uh, and Jim's question kind of goes perfect after this. Um, when we go in and book sites, We'll go to hip camp. We'll go to the dirt. We we have since our trip to Washington, we haven't stayed at any free campsites. I don't think. I don't think. Jim and Jim asked, "Have you ever shown up to a spot to find someone already there?" And what was the resolution? Um, we haven't. We haven't yet. I don't think. I don't think. Um. We, I think, no, we haven't. So we've booked all our sites. We've booked all our sites since that trip. Have we? I'm sorry. Have we? We haven't showed up any sites and had somebody there that, like, that we had booked and we didn't have a site, did we? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not since then. So we've been pretty consistent um, on the, it's basically east of uh east of where we were so east of minnesota um the the public land the the free campsites the the dispersed camping where um it really becomes an issue in in heavy traveling time uh heavy camping time that people there's no reservations uh you show up there's x amount of spots and they're all kind of everywhere and yes a lot of times you're going to show up and there's going to be someone in the spot you want when we were researching living this way, when we were excited about going and staying at BLM land, that was one of the big rubs on it was really have a few different places you're intending to stay because there is going to be a time you show up and there's going to be someone there. And it's first come, first serve. It really is first come, first serve. Um, on our trips that we need to get someplace, we... Um, we've we've really relied on booking sites um as we travel especially if it's a situation where we're going to travel for a day set up and have uh and Corey's going to work for the week 
because with her working during the week, a lot of the times we're, we're just traveling on a Saturday and or a Sunday. And if we show up at some place and we're struggling to find another place to stay, uh, we have to have that done by Monday so she can she can log into work in the morning. So we've we've gone away from that um, so far, so far. If we get to a position where where it, it doesn't matter um, whether that's because we're on vacation, because Corey doesn't have to work um, or or we're just to where we can be anywhere at any time, it. Um, it becomes more of an option and it, it not as much of a worry. And then I've understood as you get down into the Southwest more, there's a lot more expanse. Like basically it's go find a spot in the desert. There's, there's, uh, there's uh, slightly maintained roads. There's, there's no, uh, no maintenance roads. Basically go find a spot to park. Uh, to where is in the northwest in the BLM lands and the state forests and the in the national forests, the roads are cut in and you kind of there's a limited amount of space and a little limited amount of spaces that you can set up. So we haven't run into um, getting to a spot and finding someone else because we book book all our sites and um, the reserve. So basically, if you show up and there's somebody there, that's not my. Pro I mean, it is my problem, but it's usually rectified. It would probably be rectified by the the camp host or whoever you uh, whoever you booked it through. Um, so we booked the sites. I reach out. Um, Hip camp's weird. Hip camp has a bunch of different. No, nah, it's not weird. It it kind of makes sense, but there's a different levels that you can set your property to, uh, whether it be instant book, which basically I hit submit and the campsite's mine if it's available they also have um they also have options where you can it needs to be approved um uh, where you can set a time limit sometimes uh, they can be back to you in 24 hours or 36 hours uh, i try to reach out before i book them and let them know i have the dogs uh that can be a surprise to people a lot of in the listings will let you know whether um, we'll let you know whether dogs are permitted, whether large dogs, I mean, it, it, it's really, I've found it, the owners that care, um, the owners that care, if you have them, uh, will definitely put that in their listings, but I try to reach out. I try to get a message to them before I book the site, because I don't want to pay a cancellation fee. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Um, so reaching out to each of the campsites making sure that it's okay for the dogs, that uh, what we're thinking is in line with what they're thinking. And if everything looks good, I start booking sites. I book them along the way, falling back onto um, those other options, those secondary and tertiary options that that I've come, we came up with on my list that Corey and I then rank them together. And we book the trip and we wait. <laughs> We wait. When we were going to South Dakota, we got a uh, we got an email back from one of our places that we they canceled. They canceled our reservation. Um, if you listen to the show at that point, you probably heard that because we were freaking out because there was no other place in that area that we could stop with our rig, with our dogs, um, the the situation we wanted. It was actually the first stop in our our uh, our trip our series of stops that I've, I've talked about how we inter intertwine them the whole way. They all rely on each other. Um, and we got that email and we had been there before. It was a, it was a site that we had been to multiple times before, uh, had always enjoyed the site. I reached out to the owner and I said, Hey, is there any way we can stay here? Like what, what's the problem is the, is the power out because we don't necessarily need power. Uh, is the water turned off? Cause we don't really need water. Uh, what is the, why did you have to cancel? And she wrote back and she said, well, we had a tree fall down. We had a storm come through. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get the tree cleaned up in time. And there's another tree that's kind of tipping. And so I just canceled all the weekends, uh, all the weekends reservations. I was like, well, I really don't mind um, knowing the site and knowing the way it was set up. I was like, I can just pull over to the side here out of the way, away from any of the danger. Uh, as long as we can get off the road there, we're fine. We're staying for a night. 
And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. So I was glad I reached out. It would have been interesting to try to find a replacement for that site. Um, because like I mentioned, sometimes you search and there's there's 10 sites that, that would work for us. Uh, and sometimes you search and there's one. Well, when you book that one site and they end up canceling, um, there isn't a whole lot you can do. At this point, then we're we're falling back on looking at KOAs, um, larger campgrounds like that. If it's going to be an overnight, maybe we we try to find a rest area or a Cracker Barrel or a Walmart or whatever. Someone we know in the area that where we can just pull in and park. But man, it really gets into a sticky situation when there's only one when there's only one campground to target in the, in the general area that you're traveling. So um, we, we cross our fingers until the trip comes. And as we're waiting to go on our trip and we do this well ahead of time, usually, man, we try to book a month ahead of time. We try to have everything in line probably a month before we leave, <laughs> I think was, um, was our target on our last, on our last trip. And then in that month, I, I will take that spreadsheet. I will take the areas we're stopping, the towns we're stopping. I'll kind of throw them out to my network to see if there's anybody close, anybody that wants to meet up, anybody that um, that is along the route. I also look in to see if there's anything we want to do. If we're staying for a week, is there a restaurant we want to hit? Where are we going to get our groceries? Uh, if it's a boondocking site, I get a, I get a general picture on where we're going to find water or where we're going to dump our gray tank or, um, just anything gas gets more, it gets more relevant when we get out West where there's, there's great distances between those things. Um, the further East you go, the more you can pretty much rely on, there's going to be something close enough. But it's good to know. It's good to know. It's good, 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 good to get a lay of the land, the area, what's kind of going on there. And so I take that month and just make notes. Uh, and then we take off. We take off. Pip said uh, early before the show started, he was wondering, he says, I would assume there is a low bridge travel app. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. There are... Um, there are several apps. <laughs> there are several apps for when you are actually navigating, when you're actually driving the routes. And I I have a couple. Um, yeah, they're all kind of meh. They're all kind of meh for sure. Uh, some work, some don't. Uh, if you if you heard when we were traveling on our South Dakota trip on the way home, uh, we ran into a lot of issues where they would. Um, they would change the route on us. We would use two separate GPSs. One is is specifically made for RVs, and um, you put in your rig, the size, the weight, the height, um, and it, it gives you an RV safe route. We compare that to the Google Map and and see if it's if it's um, generally the same or if it's taking us someplace special, uh, someplace different, and we try to follow the RV safe route. Unfortunately, we've found times where we're using that and it's trying to take us down a closed road. It's trying to take us down a one-way road. Um, and Google Maps would have been the ideal one to take. Other times, Google Maps will uh, take us someplace where we're like, I don't know, we should probably, I'll, I'm, I'm usually like looking ahead on the map uh, when we're traveling. And I'm like, maybe we should turn around Maybe we should turn around and go somewhere else that the that the RV safe one was taking us. And the RV safe app was the proper one. So we can't really rely on either. There are a couple of uh, of apps for uh, over the road truck drivers that that we're exploring. They don't. Mm, Gingerbread says New England and sh Chicago suck for clearance. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I haven't found a solid option yet that's consistently correct, I guess is the way to put it. Sometimes Google is perfect. Sometimes uh, the RV app that we have is perfect. I've searched so many times and the, the answer seems to be consistent. None of them are consistent. 
none of them are the best. Uh, you kind of roll the dice when you use them. You try to do your best due diligence. You try to look at the roads on the map. Um, you try to look uh, for signs. Uh, you do a little searching on the interwebs and in RV groups and see if there's any places we should avoid. It's a it's a crapshoot for sure. You just kind of got to do your due diligence. And uh, if the situation arises, you just deal with it at the time. Um, <laughs> what? Hanging Laundry says, I do an old woman's laundry in the city at a laundromat in suburbia after having a gangbanger show up with an open gas can he slammed on a table. Wait, what? What was he doing with an open gas can in a laundromat? Was he going to burn the place down? Gingerbread says the best way to view Chicago is in the rear view. We avoid cities. Um, that's the nice part about planning these trips. We can go around cities the, the majority of the time. Sometimes we have to skirt them to get close to a site that we want to stay at, uh, to see something we want to see. But if we can avoid driving directly through a city uh, any size, We'll do that. We'll take an extra few hours to go around. We'll take an extra day to go um, out and around a major metropolitan if there's a decent campsite that's uh, that's within like an extra day trip. Uh, we try to avoid cities. We, we don't necessarily like them uh, to begin with, let alone with our truck and our trailer uh, and our speed limitations, because, you know, it's always um, always it always is more chaotic in the city, obviously more congested, but it always seems to pick up in speed and, um, and the tolerance for other vehicles goes down and we don't drive faster than our tires are rated. So in a 70 mile an hour zone where people are driving hundred miles an hour, we are going to be in the right lane going 60 and we might have to get off a left exit and we don't, we'll just do it. Like we, we can't, we're not dicking around in the city, taking wrong turns, going the wrong way, trying to turn around a, a trailer that big in a city. So it is what it is. Um, and we make it work. Corey and I are pretty good at, uh, at making it work on the fly if we have to. Um, and if you just got to go, you got to go and people can get pissed off and it is what it is. <laughs> but it is nerve wracking driving through places like that when you have your house and everything you own with you. And uh, one one stupid asshole can change that forever so jim says uh do you have any apps do any of the apps have forums or community to talk with about sites or the area um not specifically uh jim says other than static reviews um the apps that i use have static reviews as far as the sites and the areas um you can, there are a, a ton of, uh, of full-time RV and nomad groups, van, even van, uh, van life uh, specific groups. If you're just looking for uh, reviews of sites, areas, scenery, uh, amenities, this and that, any of those, you can kind of throw out a general, uh, general statement where you're at, what you're looking to talk about, and people can, uh, people will, will interact. They tell you. Uh, what they think, where they're at. And uh, you just got to hook up with the right people that you trust, that uh, you trust their opinions and they're looking for the same thing you are. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, there are out there. There are forums. There's, uh, it's mostly Facebook. You're going to find them. And then I guess, I guess the dirt, uh, the dirt is an app that I've used that, that does have a, a community side to it, but Basically, you can go on Facebook in any of the, the full-time RVing groups and somebody somebody has stayed or traveled where you're going to want to go. It's not that big of a country. Uh, Gingerbread says, I'm boy boy boycotting the entire state of Illinois. I haven't spent a dime there for over 20 years. There's places, uh, there's places like that for me too, man. <laughs> there are definitely places I don't desire to go to. And if I can avoid spending any money there, I will. I will. Uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of putting us up at an hour. I'm going to wrap things up here. 
Hope you enjoyed uh, that process. If you have any questions about it or you want help doing it, uh, you can always sign up for uh, you can always sign up for a consult on the the website. I will help uh, help you plan out a camping trip, uh, whether that's tenting, RVing, uh, you want to stay at campsites, you want to stay at hip camps, you want to stay at BLM land, help you walk through the process, give you some tips and tricks. And if you just want me to do the whole thing for you, just let me know and we can set that up. You can find a link to sign up for that at thelopsproject.com. Just put your email address in, sign up for a free chat, and we will uh, we'll find out what you need and how I can help. Other than that, guys, if you'd like to participate in the live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. It's Thursday. Get through Thursday. And you know what? Tomorrow is Friday. And then it's the weekend. Hope you had a great day. Make it a good one. Get shit done. And we will catch up with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.